Good morning, Ray. Good morning, John. It's another episode of the Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. It is. We're here on a beautiful Saturday on the banks of the Tennessee River. We are. Well, uh, it's cloudy, uh, it's hazy. Cl- cloudy and hazy, and it's uh, gorgeous Fog. Yeah. There's fog outside. I love it. Here in the middle of July, because that's when people are going to listen to it, so we have to pretend like it's not no, February. We're not fake like that. Hey, that's well, what we suggested man. in a previous podcast. What, that we say it's July when yeah, it's actually yeah. February? Well, what if people are listening to it in July, Ray? <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't say it's cold outside because it's not cold in July. <laughs> yeah, we didn't record it in July. We recorded it in February, and it was cold that day. It's not cold every day in February. The weather changes around here pretty regularly. Oh, my goodness. You know I'm craving McDonald's today, Ray. What am I supposed to say? McDonald's is terrible for you? <laughs> is that is that what we're doing? Really? I'm really have you had McDonald's lately? No. I I'm don't. craving a quarter pounder. You know why? I was watching YouTube this morning and I was watching this guy is I forget his name, but his channel is called Freaking Reviews. And he's had it up for years. He reviews everything from pillows to mattresses to sunglasses. And he was going through just gadgets he got off Amazon. And one was a cup holder that's shaped like a the bottom of a cup. And then the top of it is shaped like a large fry. <laughs> so you can slip your fries in there, put it in your cup holder, and it holds your fries for you. And how, what was his review? Was it well, good? he went through the drive-thru at McDonald's and got a quarter pounder and like three different size fries did, to see how they all fitted in there. And did they all fitted well? <laughs> fitted. That's not even a word. <laughs> to, to see how they all fit in there. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't remember what the point of the review, what the result of it was, but it made me crave some McDonald's <laughs> fries and a quarter pounder. <laughs> So the whole purpose of the guy's uh, YouTube, yeah, it was just totally out the window. Right, <laughs> you, you have no idea if this is a good gadget or not. Right, but you do know that surprise sound great. I'd love maybe, some. Maybe it was like subliminal. McDonald's had given him, you know, hundreds of dollars to <laughs> <In> fries, <laughs> giving him hundreds of fries in order to. <laughs> Year's supply of McDonald's fries in order to <laughs> subliminally impact people like you. <laughs> I think he also did one uh, I've seen on a condiment holder. Kind of, maybe they, it's sold separately or it comes as a package deal. <laughs> you can have your ketchup right there with your fries. Do you, it just made you want some ketchup. It made me think of like some 350-pound man driving down the road. You know, like maybe he was a traveling salesman or something, and, and he's thinking, "Man, this gadget is the greatest, man! I can eat my I fries, got my condiments, I can, I can dip, dip my fries, <laughs> as long as I don't go a little bit further and hit that ashtray." <laughs> oh, is he's a smoker too now. I'm going to 350 pounds eating fries. He's Come like, on, he's, he's like, smoking. Eh, what the hell? Right. He's got a bottle of gin. <laughs> passenger seat. What, what other negative things can he be doing to his body? <laughs> How While he's rude. opening sugar packets and dumping them directly oh, into his mouth. I don't mouth. condone this type of language. This is body shaming, Ray. Are we? Yes. I'm sorry for the politically correct out there. <sighs> it's we can say all this as long as we afterwards say, you know, we we just want to apologize. Jeez. Right? You can say whatever you want. You have a third time. party voice saying, uh, Ray and John do not. Uh, they don't represent the McDonald's company. And 
their uh, comments have not been approved by yeah. Mike the Bloomberg. Saturday morning sales meeting oh. staff or executive team. All right, so, so, so we're talking about the write-up today. We, we've done uh, four parts of our seven or seven eight, if you include the, the bonus, bonus track. Yeah. So we're, we're halfway through our, our series on the road to the sale. Road to the sale. And today is uh, the time to discuss the write-up. Yeah, that's this. And this may we discussed could go into a two part. Yeah, I w- we were talking about that before we started recording, and I think maybe we just do a separate episode on closing and you know one liners or how to overcome objections in the close that kind of thing. Because I don't think we can cover how to oh, do a write up. Yeah, yeah, it'd be four hours, and, and it seems silly to me to have a part a, a two part of our four of part, our four part, of yeah. our seven part. Yeah. Plus eight. <laughs> yeah. So let's just cover the overview of the write-up today. Okay. Uh, and just general best practices, um, things like that. So we'll recap that we had our meet and greet. We built our rapport. We sat them down. We did our, our uh, needs, needs assessment. assessment. Uh, then we actually went out and did walk arounds on vehicles. Uh, we narrowed down to one. We took that test drive. We did our trial close. Here we are walking back in the dealership. and With an agreement to purchase if the figures are okay. Okay. If the, if the figures are agreeable, then, then this customer will take the car home today. And you got that agreement by saying what? Well, let me back up because I always liked having that agreement. But let's just say it's absolutely not a necessity to present figures. Right, I want to do a trial close. I want the customer thinking, "Yeah, man, this is my car." You know, right. as long as they're not unreasonable in these figures, I'm taking this car home today. That's where I want them to be. But if if they're not there yet, then I'm not going to hold back. I'm not going to say, "All right, well then we're done here. Come back when you you know can say that." No, I'm going to go and ahead. Unfortunately, and in this industry, there are people of that mindset. I've I've witnessed it. Yeah, people saying, "Why would you give them numbers? You're just putting bullets in their gun." Right. You know, I'm, I've literally uh, been at dealerships around the country, or even I've personally worked in them, where I've heard sales managers say, "I'm not giving numbers until he agrees that he's going to buy it." You know, if the numbers are okay, that's ridiculous. Right. My old adage is, "I've never sold a car to someone who didn't see numbers." Right. So why would I not present numbers to every single customer that I come in contact with? Absolutely. It's one step closer to a deal, which is our whole premise of the road to the sale. Yeah. Get one step closer to the deal. Or if you go back to the, you know, which we've discussed, that, you know, one of the things I love doing with customers is, is saying, uh, so this is an information day, right? Yeah. And they, oh, yeah, right? So we've taken away that that need to purchase. Maybe we've even asked, you know, you don't need to buy today, do you? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I don't need to buy today. Okay, great. You know, let's move forward. Let's get you all the information that can help you make an informed decision at whatever time down the road. Well, I think moving from the test drive, because a lot of people will go, okay, thanks for that ride. You know, this gives me a lot to think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe try to scoot on out and yeah. say, you know what? You've taken a test drive you've seen the vehicle i'd hate for you to leave here without the most critical component to having the information yeah, you need you to make an informed it? decision is 
you know, what's our best price? Let me sit down and, and get the numbers put together based on your trade, or if you don't have a trade, just what our best numbers are, right. you know, from a payment standpoint, or if you were to pay cash today, if you have just a few more minutes, come on side, let me get you that information. Right. So when I've presented numbers, I've done it numerous different ways. Um, I mean, obviously, I think the most predominant is the four square, or at least it was. Right. Um, I always did a, a, a straight line you know, where we have the price and the rebates and yada, yada. I like, I like that for say, I mean, just going through all the information, the same information you'd go through in a four square, but I would say, you know, here's the, uh, the sticker price, the MSRP, right. obviously, sir, you're not going to pay MSRP. You know, here's our, uh, manufacturer discounts. He, I would even say we're going to take off manufacturers, rebates, dealer discounts and trade value. And we come down to this figure. Now, if we take this figure and, you know, put that on a 60-month term at an average rate, here's what the payment would be with this much down payment. Right. So you're kind of going through the four square in a straight line motion. Yeah, which is, I think, you know, a lot of what a lot of uh, CRMs or, or those type software programs that will print out what we used to use as a four square with the old felt marker, you know, where right. we put the, you know, the, the cross lines there and do the the four elements um but i like going through that where it's a straight line like you said is you know hey here's here's the price of the vehicle right the msrp or mm -hmm. our asking price or whatnot based on current rebate sales incentives plus our dealership discount you know in order to to do business with you today Here's our super duper price mm -hmm. that we're giving just to you just today. Oh, you know, this is the great price, you know, based on the vehicle that you've chosen, mm -hmm. right? So they chose the vehicle. So based on the vehicle you've chosen, here's our super duper best sales price. Mm -hmm. And based on the age, mileage, and condition of your vehicle, the market has determined the value to be, right? right? So I didn't pick the vehicle, and I didn't choose the amount that we're going to put on trade value. Right. The age, mileage, and condition of the vehicle is determined, and the market has determined right. the value of the vehicle. No, and, I like that. And you've chosen this vehicle, so this is the sale price on the vehicle you've chosen. So you chose the vehicle, market determined the value of your trade, you know, with, uh, plus, you know, taxes, fees, whatever. If you were to write me a check today, here's what that check amount would be you would write it for. Right. Now, if you're thinking about doing this in payments, you know, based on, you know, 48, 60, or 72 months, here are those options available to you yeah. based on such, such amount of well, discount. Well, you, you really hit on a key point there that I didn't really go over um, is giving a matrix, giving options, right? So we may have along the left side of the page uh, 48, 60, 72, or, you know, whatever you wanted those to be, 36, 48, 60. Right. And then along the top, kind of if we had of a grid, along the top we might have uh, – 8,000 down, 4,000 down, and 2,000 down. And now we've got a, a grid of, you know, three times three is uh, nine different payments. Right. So the customer can pick out what payment do you want. And, and I would always set those up so that if I knew that they were trying to be under a certain number, that there was a box in there that was under that number. Whether I needed to put 25,000 down in the first one, and then four, and then two, Right. That they could pick a number that was at their payment that they wanted to be. Now, a lot of times they would they would say, "Well, I can do this payment, but I can't pay that much down." And I would say, "Well, what you know, what were you thinking down? Well, let's circle 
the down payment you were wanting to do and circle the payment you were wanting to do. Right. And then the little X and a line, okay, if we could get to those, I mean, obviously, you know, you're picking a way lower down payment than it says it's going to take to get to that payment. But if I could do that, you'd take it home. Okay, good deal, right? You know, sign right here. I'll get it cleaned up, assuming we can get to these numbers. Right. Well, now I've got a commitment to buy at something. Right. You know, that's all I'm really looking for is yep. I will buy this car today at some price. Well, now we can work and, uh, you know, we can, I don't want to work the desk, but I want to at least let them know, you know, hey, I got a commitment at these numbers. Now, you know, where do we want to go from here? Right. How do we make this work? Yeah. So we can extend the term. We might, you know, well, let's go pull a credit out because we're just using an average rate here. Right. Um, you know, okay, we could do that payment, but instead of the 4000 down, we'd need five, right. you know, not eight, but we'd need five. So we can go back and start working the customer. Hey, great news. You know, I've got this approved and, you know, I can get to your payment. I only need 5000 down instead of the eight. Yeah. Um, well, I think another thing that I've seen that I've used is you don't put that 72 in there. Yeah. Because by extending to 72, that's how right, you get to that payment. Now all yeah. of a sudden you can even potentially beat their payment, right? Right. So and not that, changing any of the numbers right. in the straight line and possibly even giving them the, the down payment they were looking for or or whatever the case. But I, I Totally on board with the, if we can get a commitment to buy, I think too often salespeople miss an offer. They, they just don't catch they, it. They don't realize yeah. that that person just made an offer. Well, God, I can't do, you know, I mean, I, I can't do 500 a month. I can only do 350 a month. Yeah. Oh, 350 a month. Well, they just made an offer. Right. 350 a month, <laughs> right, right? Right, So, right. but we go, oh, well, uh, all right, thank you anyway. You know, it's too bad. So, when you get your head right, yeah, come but, on back. But accept all offers, right? Now, you know, what I would do is I go, hey, so if, if we could do 350 a month, would and this might be the first time because everything else before now was an information day. So this might be the first time that I'm ever even suggesting that they're actually going to buy today. Yeah, yeah. And say, you know, wow, that's that's a lot less than kind of, you know, just doing the math based on the, the price of the vehicle. But, you know, hey, you know what? My manager's done crazier things. If I could get him to agree to these terms, is this something that you'd be willing to do today? Yeah. And, and then go, okay. And I walk away. And what are they thinking about while I'm gone? Oh, my God. I might have just bought a car. Yeah. Right? And, right? and in a good way. Yeah. Not saying, oh, shit. No. They're like, oh, you know, I mean, that's fantastic. I can't believe, you know. And I always go back. Work out. And say, you know, in those situations, I'll come back and say, hey, great news. Yeah. We can't do those numbers. <laughs> but here's what we can do. Yeah. Right? And kind of stick my hand out, a big smile on my face, shaking my head forward, like, yeah. hey, that's great, right? Yeah. And, you know, encourage them that, it, and people, I think, more often than not, they just want to know that they're getting a fair deal. Another way to approach that is, you know, going back to presenting the numbers the first time, I know... I was working with a group and we got into the habit of doing, uh, you know, here's the manufacturer's suggested retail, right? Here's MSRP. Now with manufacturer incentives, dealer discounts, and trade your trade value, we're down to this figure. Now we add back in your payment, I mean your, your payoff, right? and here's the total amount that we're going to be financing. Now it's very subtle, but what you've done is instead of saying, 
all right, you're buying a $50,000 car. I'm going to take 10,000 off because now it's 40,000 and I'm going to give you 10 for yours. Now you're financing 30. Now I've got to add back in your payoff of 18. The customer's immediately thinking, well, crap, I'm $8,000 upside down. You know, where's that eight grand going to come from? When I could have said that, I've got a $50,000 truck. So if I start at the MSRP of 50000 and I say, all right, with dealer incentives, uh, I mean, dealer discounts and manufacturer incentives and trade value, I'm down to 30000 right? I'm still down the same number of 30000 and now we've got to add your payoff back in there of eighteen. Well, they just saw 50 minus 20 is 30 plus 18. Now I'm coming out better. Right. Right? Instead of being 8000 down, I'm 2000 to the good. Yeah. So I'm financing the same amount. The bottom line has not changed at all. But in the customer's mind, instead of being 8,000 upside down, now I'm 2,000 to the good. Yeah. And not a lot. I mean, maybe half the time people would say, well, no, tell me exactly what my trade-in's worth. I mean, it, it rarely happened. Um, and a lot of times they would just say, okay, you know, well, now let's talk about payment. Right. which is where most dealers and GMs and sales managers want to be anyway. Yeah. Let's let's focus on the payment, not on the difference, not on the trade value, not on the price. Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. let, let's once we get down to that, now if we get any pushback, obviously we're going to try to get the commitment to buy, but we can always fall back on negotiating with the inventory. Right. As we've discussed before. We have. And I I worked with a guy who, before he would present numbers, he would hold the deal sheet to his chest. Right? Yeah. He did the same way every time. Yeah. And he would say, listen, the only thing I ask is whatever it is on this piece of paper that you have a problem with, will you agree that you'll you'll just tell me? You'll let me know? And when I first heard him do that, I thought, why not present it as if they're not going to have a problem with something on the paper? Right. And he says, Ray... They're gonna have a problem with something on the paper. They're not. They're never gonna not have a problem yeah, with something on the paper. They're gonna okay, want the good. price of the vehicle to go down, the amount of their trade to go up. But what you've done is you've given them permission to let you know which figure they're most concerned about. And I think the the genius of that is that's one of the hardest parts in that process in the process of presenting numbers to keep them from clamming up. Well, that, but. To let you know, because all of a sudden they go, oh, well, that, that's too much. So we go discount the vehicle some more. Yeah. And they were really worried about their trade value. Yeah, or the so down payment. now they go, oh, that's even better. However, I still can't take right. this for mine. <laughs> right. And you're like, damn it. Right? You know, if how I'd I, known, I could have put the money Yeah, there. he was okay with the number on the vehicle. Right. He just had a problem with the trade. And so it gives us, it gives them permission to share with us what is it, which number on here do you want to see change, right? I've had some people who say, you know, well, you got a dock fee, right? And I've seen dealerships who have, you know, a $199 dock fee, and I've seen them where they've got, you know, a $1,200 dock fee, right? And so it's just a simple explanation, sir, you know, well, so-and-so down the street, you know, they don't have a dock fee. Uh, uh, well, actually, yeah. I mean, we, we all essentially have a dock fee, but they may claim they don't or whatever. And, and here's the issue is if I buy a vehicle from here, if the general manager of the dealership buys a vehicle from here, we all pay the dock fee. It's an established rate that goes to the hard costs of the dealership, mm-hmm. right? And it goes on every vehicle. Now, if, if your biggest concern is seeing a number next to the dock fee space, I can get rid of that number. 
I can make that number look like zero. But if it doesn't change the bottom number, do you really care? Right? right. Now, if you're telling me we're $1,200 away from get, doing a deal, that I can work with. You follow my logic? I, I do, only... You don't like it. Well, no, no. I think we can't change that number to zero. I think the way to approach that is to say, you know, if, if we're $300 away, you know, there's a maybe there's a way we can fix that $300. Right. Know, I can discount the vehicle well, $300 and or I can, I can I say throw is, this in. But I've got to show that $299. Yeah, you know, on I the paper, yeah. if you want to see zeros next in this column, mm-hmm. if it doesn't change that bottom number and you just don't yeah, like you, seeing you, a zero you, there, right. see, watch this, some white out, a pin, I can make zeros across it. Right. But it's you're still paying it, just yeah. like you are down the street, right? I mean, Well, I think we fall into some legal areas there where you can't charge it to some people and not the other people. All right, well, let's assume but, that people are actually listening to this podcast. <coughs> and yeah, so we... we we have to admit that, from a legal standpoint, that there is a doc fee. But yeah, yeah it's, but but what you're saying is, is, is it the three hundred dollars, or is it the fact that there is a number there? Right. Yeah, and I get your point. Yeah. So what you're saying is, you agree that you would pay this amount. You just don't like part of that amount being the doc fee. Right. Well, yeah. I think we're saying the same thing. We can overcome the three hundred dollars. Yeah. But you know, we. But if there are any attorneys listening or you know, law enforcement to, agencies. I may have to show it there. Yeah, I, that was all, you know, theater of the mind, tongue-in-cheek. I would never <laughs> eliminate that, that doc fee. I, well, because, because, look, I can put zero on this paper, but when you get back to the finance yeah, office, right. it's yeah, going to be no. on that paper. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but, yeah, uh, so in negotiating, obviously, if we cannot... If we don't get agreement right away and we don't quickly overcome that, a great way to get closer to the deal is say, "Look, man, you know we're at eight fifty right now. You're wanting to be at five hundred. Uh, you know, perhaps we'd be a little closer on that used one we looked at, and that's a great deal. You know, we just got it in a couple of days ago. We've already had several calls on it. I mean, it's a great, clean, nice vehicle. Is that something you'd consider?" Or, you know, if we modeled down, if we didn't have the nav, didn't have the leather heated seats, you know, is that something that you'd consider? So what you're talking about is negotiating on inventory, not on the price. <laughs> right. And, you know, that's the old school, the takeaway clothes. You know, I mean, obviously, you, you have to be careful who you try this on. But, you know, I've said things like, well, you know, if this is a little bit out of your budget, yeah. you know, if, it, if, it, if this vehicle is unaffordable for you, we can go find one that better suits your ability and how'd that go? Well, the, the, the hope is, and usually how it occurred, is the customer goes, no, 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 that's the truck I want. God, if it costs that, I mean, especially this is great if, like, a, you know, husband's buying the wife a car, and she's looking at him like, what? I mean, you spent $800 on fishing gear last month. Now you can't buy me a car, right? I love it. So, it, there's a... Uh, it goes back to, I know this is funny, and, and maybe we'll cut this part out, but there have been deals that I've put together. Well, maybe the customer wasn't ecstatic about that payment, but you know the old thing, the old saying is, a customer is 50% likely to revisit the place where they bought their previous car. Right. So some people always quote that and say, you ought to reach out to your previous customers. You ought to reach out to your previous customers. They're mm-hmm. likely to give you a shot. Well, I looked at it from the other side of the coin is if I could get, get them to buy a car now, 
they're half of them are going to come back and buy from me again anyway, whether they liked it or not. <laughs> whether they liked because it the statistic holds true either side yeah. of that scenario. Yeah, if I could just get them to buy a car, I've got a good chance of selling them another car. Yeah. My CSI scores went in the trash using things like that, but, uh, well. Okay, John, well, here we are. The end of another, do you hear the music? That is, that's a great song. Yeah, and you know what it means now. It's the end of another episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. We certainly want to thank everyone for joining us. Yeah, we appreciate you listening. We uh, hope that you'll listen again. If you enjoy the podcast, you can go to SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com where you can listen to additional episodes, read articles, and learn more about John and Ray. We also cover topics such as automotive sales and service, best practices, training, and techniques that you can put in place today to sell more vehicles and write more ROs. Or gain more dollars per RO. To register for a total dealership assessment, you can visit the website for more information or simply send an email to info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. What's that email address again? It's info ray at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. It's info ray at Saturday morning sales meeting.com? No, Ray, it's just info at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. So just info at Saturday morning sales meeting.com. You've got it. Great.